0: Well, good morning and welcome back. Interview time here on Worcester Radio and our guest with us uh, several times a month, our good friend Rory Lewandowski, joining us from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County. Rory, thanks as always for the time. Appreciate you having you come in this morning. Oh, good morning, Ron. Good to be here. All right. Our topic with Rory today is dairy calf scours. And, and I understand, Rory, that calf scours is one of, if not the leading cause of calf mortality in the first four weeks of life. What are the issues connected with understanding calf scours and then obviously, A, preventing it, and B, if not preventing it, at least treating it? Right,
1: and yeah, you're right. It is a very uh, serious illness, one of those leading causes of mortality. Uh, so at a recent uh, Northeast Ohio Dairy Conference that was organized by our Kilbuck Valley Veterinarian Association, Uh, Jess Goff, who's a veterinarian and professor emeritus of teaching and research at the Iowa State University Veterinary College, gave an excellent presentation on calf scours or calf diarrhea, and I want to draw from that presentation on today's program. So to answer your question, understanding calf scours really begins with understanding the normal function of the calf's small intestine and then how scours or diarrhea disrupts that function.
0: What are the key points to understand, Rory, about normal small intestine function? What do people need to know? Yeah.
1: Well, the function of the small intestine is really uh, the purpose is to allow absorption of water, electrolytes, simple sugars, amino acids, proteins, and short-chain fatty acids. Uh, Those short-chain fatty acids occur as milk protein, but uh, all these things have to be digested and absorbed across that small intestine. Now, the absorption capacity of that gut is dependent upon... A healthy functioning uh, structures called villi, uh, and then microvilli, and all these—the uh, best way to describe them are their finger-like projections that really increase the surface area of the gut. Now, another key point is that uh, there are proteins between these cells of of these villi, these little finger-like projections, and those proteins have a barrier function to keep harmful bacteria out. So that's again, that's a, a healthy functioning small intestine. Now the third key point is that dietary electrolytes such as starch, sugars, amino acids, uh, which are the building blocks of proteins, and even water itself, all of these need transporter mechanisms at the cell surfaces and within that cell to get those nutritional components into the bloodstream and then move them to where they're needed in the body.
0: Rory, so so how does calf scours or diarrhea disrupt the function of the small intestine? You know, what are some of the causes? of diarrhea. And um, when you're talking about diarrhea in calves, is it all the same or are there different kinds?
1: Right. And and these are important questions. So um, in his presentation, again, at that uh, Northeast Ohio Dairy Conference, Dr. Goff said that calf diarrhea has three main causes. And that really, if you understand that, that explains how that small intestine function is disrupted. And those causes are secretory, malabsorptive and osmotic diarrhea. And regardless though of the cause, the danger of any diarrhea really is dehydration. That's what kills the calf. It's dehydration. So excessive dehydration uh, is, is the cause. Uh, and we have to understand uh, then how to prevent that from happening and then what types of treatments we might be able to put into place.
0: Rory Levandusky with us this morning talking dairy calf scours. And Rory, let's examine each of the causes of diarrhea a little bit more in detail. First off, can you explain secretory diarrhea and what exactly that is? Yeah. So secretory
1: diarrhea uh, involves excessive secretion or severe watery diarrhea. And it's typically the result of a toxin that triggers an excessive flushing reaction of the small intestine. So normally in the small intestine, there is a protective mechanism that allows for uh, small amounts of flushing to to take toxins out. Uh, But uh, for some strains of E. coli, they secrete a toxin that binds to the small intestine in widespread areas. And so that activates a mechanism that causes a hypersecretion of sodium and chlorine uh, that can deplete body stores,
0: and we get this widespread Flushing—that's really excessive. Rory, you also mentioned malabsorptive diarrhea. Talk about that and how it disrupts gut function. Okay. Now, this diarrhea is caused by
1: pathogens or toxins that weaken and kill the gut lining itself, uh, and also the cells along the villi. Again, those finger-like projections. Uh, these pathogens also destroy. Remember, I talked about we have a protein in there that acts as a barrier to keep bacteria out. This type of diarrhea also destroys that barrier that keeps uh, bacteria out. So according to the University of Minnesota publication, 95% of this type of infectious calf scours is caused by a rotavirus, a coronavirus, or a cryptosporium organism. Now cryptosporias and coccidiosis, uh, those are both parasitic malabsorbid diarrheas. And two other important points with this type of diarrhea. First... The causal organisms are not bacteria, so antibiotics are not going to be effective. So again, you have to be able to identify uh, which type you have. So antibiotics not going to work on this. And then second, some of these pathogens actually invade blood vessels, so you get
0: bloody diarrhea. Uh, and so that's a difference from some of the other types. That leaves us with the third casual type of diarrhea, osmotic diarrhea. Uh, Again, how is the gut function disrupted differently than the other two when you're talking about this type of diarrhea?
1: Uh, This one is really triggered by inadequate absorption of nutrients. It's a result of overfeeding. So we've had, you know, the first one secretory, we had a toxin. The second one, we had other pathogens. Now, this one is a result of overfeeding or maybe excessive feeding of ingredients that are hard to digest or not absorbed well. So this one kind of goes back to management uh, types of things. This type of diarrhea can be made worse if, if you've also got in combination with it that secretory or malabsorptive diarrhea as well. So according to Dr. Goff, osmotic diarrhea is often seen during cold weather uh, when calves need more nutrients. And instead of just adding additional feedings of milk replacer, uh, the calf simply is fed more milk replacer, but still only twice a day. And so you get that
0: excessive overfeeding. You know, Rory, how does a farmer or a calf manager gauge or evaluate the severity of diarrhea? You know, when does, was, does some type of intervention need to be started, and when do you just have to kind of pull back and, and say, wait and see? Sure. Well, they, again, the key here is that diarrhea is going to kill calves due to
1: dehydration. So as they lose that, that fluid because of diarrhea, physiologically, what that means is the calf is in a condition of acidosis. Uh, they've got high blood potassium. Physically, then, the signs are the calf begins to lose their suckle reflex, uh, their body temperature falls, their eyes become sunken, and the skin, uh, when it's tented, is slow to return to a normal position. Now, tenting of the skin and and timing the return to normal is correlated with percent dehydration and the need
0: for rehydration fluids. Describe that a little bit in in more detail, Rory. Describe that skin-tenting evaluation and exactly how it corresponds to dehydration. Sure. So, tenting simply involves uh, pinching
1: the skin. Typically, we do that in the neck area of the calf and then releasing it. So, you you pick it up, you pinch it, and release. Now, in a healthy, hydrated calf, that skin's going to return to a normal flat position within two seconds. If the delay to return to normal is three to five seconds, this indicates the calf is about six to seven percent dehydrated an eight to ten second delay indicates an eight to ten percent dehydration level and if the calf is unable to stand and the skin is not flattening after tenting uh, that's a dehydration level of ten to twelve percent or greater now death usually occurs at dehydration levels between thirteen to fourteen uh, percent so this is again pretty serious oral rehydration fluids should be administered anytime dehydration is outside of normal, even with mild diarrhea. So you get into that even, you know, 6%, you want to be giving that rehydration fluids because once a level of 10% dehydration occurs, rehydration fluids are going to need to be provided intravenously.
0: Okay. You mentioned the rehydration fluids. What exactly are those composed of?
1: Yeah. The essential component of all rehydration fluids is water. In addition, um, the rehydra- rehydration solution uh, is going to contain some alkalizing agents. Remember, the calf is in a condition of acidosis, uh, high, or low pH, so we want to bring some alkalizing agents in to decrease that acidosis that the calf is experiencing. Uh, usually, that's going to involve sodium, uh, bicarbonate, uh, possibly lactate, uh, acetate, or propionate as well as included in some of these right. Re- rehydration fluids. And then other components uh, can be glycine, glucose, and electrolytes uh, such as potassium and
0: chloride. Rory, as we get ready to close out today's program, any other advice or, or treatment advice out there for folks dealing with calf diarrhea? Sure. Uh, in his
1: presentation, Dr. Goff did, showed research data that indicated that the calf needs to continue to receive milk or milk replacer in addition to the rehydration fluid. So you don't just say, uh, it's gotten serious enough and switched to rehydration and forget about that uh, that milk. Uh, they, that milk or milk replacer is needed for energy. Uh, so you're given rehydration fluids to get the water levels and the fluids back up, but the, the calf still needs energy to continue on. So the most effective therapy is when the milk and the oral electrolytes are fed several hours apart. There can be some interference if they're fed together. F- feed calves uh, that have diarrhea in smaller amounts uh, but Feed them more frequently, and do not add electrolytes to the milk or milk replacer again. That can create a situation of that osmotic diarrhea where we're we're overfeeding.
0: So, uh, just some things to be aware of. Okay, we've covered a lot today, but I'm sure there's a lot more that can be talked about. So, uh, if somebody needs more information about what we talked about uh, here this morning, how can they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, you're right. We did. We just condensed essentially a 45-minute uh, talk of Dr. Goff's into about 10 minutes. So uh, contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722. I'd be glad to provide more information. And again, these broadcasts are available as podcasts, at uh, courtesy of WQKT Radio.
0: Once again, Rory Levandusky from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County talking with us this morning. Uh, Rory, as always, appreciate your time. Thanks for coming in.
1: You're welcome. Thank you, Ron.